Welcome to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are continuing our history, huh, series with the ever-popular pitch episode. And I hope you could hear the eyebrow raise in my voice when I said history, huh? My heart literally flutters every time. Ugh. I think that's like one of the most iconic lines in literature. Yes. For those of you who don't know yet, and I can tell you for a really long time, I was one of you. Red, white, (laughs) and royal blue. (laughs) By Casey McQuiston. Read it. Read it now. It's the inspiration for our title series, even though that book is not a historical fiction book. We're going with history for this series. Uh, And if you have been around here for a minute, you also know that on our pitch episodes, Phoebe and I have one minute to pitch our favorite books, this time historical fiction books, to each other. And we have to sell it. We have to stick to the one minute. We never do, but we have to. (laughs) I know. It's probably one of our greatest downfalls in life is that we could talk about our favorite books for eons and eons so the one minute cutoff because i feel like once you hit like the 40 second mark you've gotten all the important things out and then you can just gush and you're like i'm gonna keep going and going and going in 20 seconds is just not enough you hit your stride like i black out a little bit like i just start talking about the book and i can't stop yes and i'm very passionate about all four books that i am pitching today like these might be some of the books that i am most passionate about oh i'm excited i'm very happy about the books I picked. I tried to not just, because I think that historical fiction is one of those genres where people think that it is much narrower than it is. Mm -hmm. And my goal with these books was to pick a book from a different subgenre for each one of them. So I'm really happy with the selection that I have and excited about it. I am too. I think when I was like plotting out this episode, I was like, or when we were planning out the series in general, honestly, we we were like, oh, historical fiction. Like, we don't read historical fiction. And then we kind of looked at our shelves and we're talking a little bit more. And historical fiction is one of those genres, that, like, like you said, that is incredibly vast. Honestly, every genre I feel like we discuss on this show is incredibly vast, and we get to find all of these niche moments within it. That mm-hmm. there, there's so many books that we may miss out on. Which, honestly, the overall message of reader listed is: don't be afraid of a genre because you feel like it may not be your thing because you may miss mm-hmm. out on all these magical moments. And that is how I felt when I was like, wait, I have so many historical fiction books that I adore and incredibly passionate about and there's so many more that as i've talked to people and preparation for not just this episode but the series in in its entirety there are so many more books out there that i haven't even read that i now have added to my tbr that i am beyond excited for and we mentioned in our intro episode how we think historical fiction is a really great vehicle to learn about our past to improve our future and to learn about cultures and people that are different from us and i'm just con- i'm really excited to continue reading more and more historical fiction i really started picking up more in 2019 and continue that through this year and I hope to continue it for year after year after year. And some of our very favorite books that are historical fiction, we've already pitched in the mm-hmm. um, Woman by Woman series from last March so or last April. So Yeah. Was that April? What is 2020? 
I I mean, both sound very far away. It probably was the end of March going into April. Um, But books we mentioned in that series were If You Want to Make God Laugh, which is the book that we reviewed by Bianca Murray, um, and The Great Alone, which is probably one of my favorite books of all time we mentioned in that series as well. Mm -hmm. And Where the Crawdads Sing, I think I pitched that to you. And in our, maybe it was in our YA series, I pitched Lovely War. Yes, that was historical fiction. I still need to read it. Yeah, super good. Well, I may have another Julie Berry book for you today. Ooh, fun. I just realized I was staring at the four titles that I'm about to pitch, and all of them have something connected to performing arts. Well, see, she's got a type, folks. She's got a type. (laughs) And um, per usual, mine have zero type because I am so scatterbrained with what I pick up. I think I've said this before, but it's worth reiterating. I am the easiest person to pitch anything to. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm that girl at the checkout counter that will buy something that's like on one of those little display tables right by the checkout. So you can't Uh, go to Sephora. No, I was just going to say in Sephora with all those little like things. I'm like, oh, it's so cute. It's small. Like, no, it's still full price. Like it's $24 for a lip balm. You don't need that, Ashley. But it's so cute and it's right by the checkout and I could just grab it and put it. Like people make a lot of money off of people like me. I, I'm very, like if there's a mini, like a small thing, mini mm-hmm. size, like the, the holiday sets at Sephora are killer. The most dangerous thing for me. Because I'm like, $24 for a two-ounce thing of cream? Perfect! (laughs) Like, it's obnoxious. And then, so one time when we were in college, Nick designed a set. And if you didn't know, that's what my fiancé does. Uh, Now he builds, like, actual things because he works for an architecture firm now. Um, But his degree is in set design. So he built and designed the set for a show that I was in. And in college, if you're a performance major, you have to put in um, crew hours. So basically, you have to do some of the grunt work, and it's like, it's called our practicum. So you have to put 30 hours into either lighting crew or costume crew or set crew because it's a whole lot of work, and there was a more performance majors than there were design technology students. So I was on his set design crew, which I think everyone regretted. <laughs> Because I would just be like, honey. (laughs) And he sent me to go get one of those like flat top screwdriver things to open a can of paint. Mm -hmm. And I am not gifted in terms of building things and all of that. So I went, looked in the closet, couldn't find it. But I found a mini tiny hammer. And it was the cutest thing I've ever found. So I went back to him and I was like, I couldn't find the thing you told me to, but I found this adorable little hammer oh. and he has never let me live it down because I said it in front of like all of his like tough guy friends and they were like, oh, um, so whenever I bring something tiny home, he's like, did you find an adorable little hammer? Oh my gosh. Anyway, nice little oh. tangent. Now I know. Now I know. I'm going to get you. I actually saw at the bookstore the other day these. Were they the tiny books? The tiny books. I'm really. Oh. 
Oh my gosh, Phoebe, it wasn't just tiny books. It was tiny Sarah J. Mass. Was it the tiny throne of glass? Yes. I can't buy them until I finish the series. No, but they're so cute. I was like, oh, Kingdom of Ash looks so much more manageable when it's in mini form. They're all the same width. So like, what is the font in there? No, there no, there's some of them are really tiny and some of them are bigger. Oh, okay. Maybe I, yeah. I probably haven't let myself look too hard at them because I'm afraid. Well, Anyways. I already opened my calculator. Good. <laughs> great. We're off to a great start. Pretty much a foregone conclusion that we will open up our calculator instead of our timer when we go to time ourselves for our one minute pitches. Because yes, folks, we do in fact time each other to make sure we stick to the one minute. And I'm getting stricter and stricter about it. You're being mean. No. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to have that audio clip forever. You're being mean. <laughs> you can cut me off. I know, but sometimes I'm I'm so intrigued by what you're saying. I just want you to finish your thought, you know? Uh, you're, I'm not know. a drill sergeant like you. <laughs> we can't all be gifted in the art of the pitch. Well, I'm not going to lie. I did I did practice a little bit for these. Like, I reread the synopsis on the back of the books, and I was like, okay, I feel like this is what I'm going to talk about. I didn't write she them down. Rehearsed. But I, I did I did rehearse a little bit. But no, I didn't time myself. I didn't write anything down. It's still totally. You. Thank you. That's really important. You need to feel comfortable. Thank you. Shall we we'll pitch? Yes, let's go. Who starts? I think I have to start because I think you started last time. Okay. All right. I think that I am going to start with a bang and you're going to get a five for one special. (laughs) This is the series that I have been, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been talking about nonstop, the Lady Sherlock series by Sherry Thomas. The first book is called A Study in Scarlet Women and the series is not complete. She has published five books so far. And I think she signed, it's published at Berkeley. I think it's like going to be eight books maybe. I i can't remember, but it's not done yet. Um, and this is historical mystery. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Get ready, set, go. If you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes or like classic mysteries like Agatha Christie, you must pick up this series. I it's like not a secret that I'm obsessed with Sherlock Holmes anything and this is the best adept as my dog in the background that's named Watson shakes uncontrollably um this is the best adaptation that I have ever read watched consumed it is a feminist um retelling I guess of Sherlock Holmes set in Victorian London and Charlotte Holmes is our Sherlock. We've got all the typical characters. It's a total romp of a series. Freaking loved it. Uh, there's a love story in it that is painful in how slow burn it is. And it is worth every single moment of it. I'm going to write fan fiction. Boom. Wow. Are you done? Yeah. What, how that long was, was that? 52 seconds. I'm going to start with Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Beacon. 
Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell just won the Women's Prize for Fiction. It was one of my most anticipated reads of 2020 because did you guys know I'm an actor? And it is about the life of Shakespeare, but we never mention Shakespeare's name. We are only call him the poet in this book because it's really a story about his son Hamnet, which sounds a little familiar because it may sound like one of the most celebrated plays of our time. Hamnet was one of the victims of the bubonic plague and he was a twin he had a sister named judith and this is the story of hamnet how he died and sort of how shakespeare uh gained a lot of his inspiration for his stories about love and grief and his obsession with twins the and just his obsession with family really it is so poetic and really intriguing and sort of mysterious and it doesn't really feel dry and even if you don't like Shakespeare Stop. this is <laughs> <laughs> I gave myself the okay you were so you I'm really close passionate to the about all of these books I'm so passionate it's historical fiction because we don't know much about Shakespeare's children we don't know much about his life in uh Stratford, uh, mm-hmm. because he obviously wrote all of his plays in London. He wrote most of his plays, his best work, during a pandemic of sorts. Oh. So, um, inspiration for all you aspiring writers out there. Yeah, but it's mysterious because so Shakespeare's wife, her name was Anne Hathaway, but in her father's will, he left everything to an Agnes Hathaway. So Maggie O'Farrell uses the name Agnes as opposed to Anne. And Hamnet was apparently interchangeable with Hamlet. So we don't actually know if he named his character and his play after his son or what. Um, So there's a lot of... Maggie O'Farrell does a lot of creative filling in the blanks for things that we don't know. Um, And one of the most prominent characters is the fly that brought the plague to England. Wow. It's fantastic on audio because it can feel like... I almost got like magical realism vibes from it. Mm. (laughs) Are you ready for your second book? Yes. I okay. This is the scandalous sisterhood of Prick Willow Place. Love the title. Yes, so fun. It is by Julie Berry, um, and who wrote Lovely War, as we mentioned before. And it is a YA historical fiction. Okay, ready? Begin. So I found this book because I was googling, searching, researching different books that I wanted a YA book that was witty and funny and something that I wouldn't take too seriously. And this book fit that description to a T. I read it in a couple hours while I was putting together a bookshelf and it was everything that I could have wanted and more. It follows seven girls who are all in a boarding school. This is like um, Victorian era. And their headmistress is uh, murdered. And they are like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And then they realize that if they report her murder, then they'll all have to go back home to their parents and none of them want to. So they cover up her murder and um, try to like live in this boarding house and like run it by themselves, the seven of them. And there's like these great antics that follow. One of the girls has to dress up like the headmistress and pretend to be her. They've got to like collect all the bills. What? (laughs) But that's all. I want to hear more. That sounds so good. It's so good. And um, 
And they all while they're trying to solve the murder because like actually someone actually did kill her. And so, yeah. So it that is, reminds me of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Did yeah. you ever see that movie? <laughs> yes. It's like got that vibe. It's very funny. I wouldn't take it too seriously. Like really. I mean, it's 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 just a it's just like a little romp of a book. Like I really enjoyed it and found that it was I had it on audio. And I highly recommend it as an audiobook. Like, it's just something you can read in an afternoon, listen to um, in an afternoon when you're, you know, on a car ride or, like I said, putting together furniture or cleaning the house. It's just, like, a good little story. So. Oh, okay. All right. My next book, um, I think I mentioned over the summer on the podcast while I was reading it, um, is going to be The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Mm. Okay. Ready? Yes. Begin. If you haven't heard of this book yet, I don't know where you've been because it was a Good Morning America book club pick. It is probably one of the most talked about books of 2020, and it is worth the hype. Insert clap emojis between every word. I am not a person who enjoys character-driven novels, and I was really nervous when I started this book because I could feel it's incredibly character-driven, but once you give over to Britt Bennett's amazing storytelling, you will be in love with these characters. Twins Desiree and Stella grow up in a predominantly black community, but they were born light-skinned, and one of them eventually passes as a white person and the other continues to live within her black community. It is a story about colorism, it is a story about family, and it is incredibly, incredibly well written, and I'm obsessed with Britt Bennett. Everybody needs to read it. Boom. Perfect. Three seconds to spare. <sighs> She's still got I'm so it, so proud folks. of you. I am really excited for that book. Like, the cover is stunning. I've heard only amazing things by Britt Bennett. She also wrote The Mothers. Her... Number one, she's only 30 years old. And insane. insane. The it's just like the characters are like you just get you get so close to them. You really, really get to know them. And there's such like intimacy in her writing. Alright, what's your next book? Okay. My next book is going to be A Duke, the Lady and a Baby by Vanessa Riley. And the titles. Is, yeah. Oh my gosh. Love I love my titles for like all my titles for this. These yeah. like so great. Um by Vanessa Riley, and it is a historical romance. Okay, ready? Begin. Okay, so this story is a dual timeline, which we usually see in a lot of romances. This is my first time reading historical romance and I am thoroughly obsessed. Can't wait to read more. This st- story follows patience. Jordan, who um, has a really tragic, like, backstory leading up to the book. She is a um, West African heiress who marries, falls in love with and marries a um, European soldier. I think he's a soldier. He's 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 a also really wealthy in Europe. And um, anyway, so she's married to him. He ends up dying by a parent's suicide before the book begins and she has a newborn baby and this guy who I guess is like the heir or whatever like takes over where she lives this is how bad I am at knowing like historical stuff and how this all works with the dukes and the lords and all that but 
Anyways, the guy who comes Stop. in and takes over. No, baby. I'm sorry. I got really into it, and then I looked down, and I was like, oh, God, 58 seconds. No. Okay, I get another minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me more about it. You don't have to worry about explaining, because I understand, like, the, the lords and all of that. Okay, so, yeah, that's the problem. Um, So this guy comes in and takes over her, like, estate and basically takes – um, puts her in a like mental institute, takes her away from her baby, and all that happens before the book even begins. So the main plot of this story is her trying to get her baby back. And this uh, Lord, Busick is his name. He is like the Lord of like Reppington or something. He um, is the true... Like, he's the cousin of her husband who passed away. And so he is the legal guardian of the baby. So he comes in and it's kind of like a Patience and Busick are both fighting for the baby. And they're on the same side against this, like, evil guy. Um, But because Patience has, like, no trust in anybody taking her seriously because of this, like, story that was concocted about her being crazy and not being, like, a good mother and all this stuff, she um, is doesn't know to trust Busick. And Busick is a um, – he was injured in war and struggling really a lot. He's an amputee. And so he's struggling with, like, his place in – um, society and like over his men and all that and it, it's just like this story touches on so many things that are worth reading about and then you know it's it's a romance on top of that so that's awesome yeah that was like a three minute pitch but I I just like I feel like I had to for content warnings and whatnot make it clear up front like what the backstory of this is because yeah. it does deal with suicide does deal with disability and loss and gaslighting and there's a lot of heavy topics that underpin this and so it's not just like I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to um, somebody who wants just a light easy historical romance there's a lot in there but I I think that the story is one worth telling and and worth reading awesome you have to add it to my list okay next my next book is going to be A Tender Thing by Emily Newberger. And if that title sounds familiar, it's because I actually had the opportunity to interview Emily back in April. So I read this book and interviewed Emily, and I begged Ashley to let me do it, but she's still not read the book. Ready? Yes. Go. A Tender Thing is the story behind the scenes of a new Broadway musical in 1950 that will have the first interracial cast on Broadway. It is the story of Eleanor who runs away from her small farm town out west and moves to New York City on a whim where she gets to know a composer who discovers her and wants her to be in this new musical called A Tender Thing. If you love behind the scenes of Broadway or or film or anything like that the entertainment industry it is amazing but it is also an incredibly important story um of what it's like to number one just be an actor and what it's like to be a vessel for other people there are a couple trigger warnings obviously for racism and there's some violence um and sexual assault 
but I absolutely loved this book and I loved how Emily Neuberger chose to tell the story and she wrote Stop. a lot of the lyrics. Ooh. So if you lyrics. listen to an audiobook, she reads the audiobook and she sings some of the songs that she wrote. Okay, the end. Beautiful. That was beautiful. My last book is The Beantown Girls by Jane Healy and this is a World War II historical fiction. Ooh, the first one that we've had. Mm -hmm. Look at us. That was a big point. We wanted to show it to you guys that, like, historical fiction is not all war books. So, Are you ready? Ready. Go. Speaking of which, I'm not always a fan of war fiction. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's not usually my cup of tea, but this was the exception. It follows three friends who decide to be Red Cross Clubmobile girls, which means that they travel overseas with the soldiers and they volunteer to hand out coffee and donuts to them to keep up their morale. And this is a real thing that happened in history that's not talked about in a lot of um, books and what we learn in school and whatnot. And the women find themselves on the front lines of the battlefield in a couple situations. And the best part is Jane Healy provides an index at the end that ties certain plot points in this book to real history. And I found it absolutely fascinating. There is a little love story that kind of goes through. It's a big story of friendship and sacrifice and finding yourself. And I highly recommend this um, for a book that just teaches you a little bit something else about World War II that you may not have learned. Stop. Awesome. That was 58 seconds, actually. (gasps) So my mom read that book. I actually picked it up at the library. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a, a, a you book, Mommy. And she loved it, but I never read it. Yeah, it's super good. And like I said, it's not something typically that I would read. I also listen to it on audio. Do, definitely recommend the audiobook. Um, and it was just, it was really delightful. It wasn't super heavy like I feel like a lot of war books are. Um, it was it was just very even keel and beautiful. Yeah. All right, okay. my last book. Oh, I'm so excited. To I knew talk you were going to say this book. one for last. I had to. All right, pitch it to okay. me because I already know I'm going to read this. Like, you don't even, I, like, this is an example of Phoebe telling me about this book as she was reading it. And she was like, I can't wait to pitch this to you. I can't wait to pitch this to you. I can't wait for the pitch episode. I, I cannot really wait to can't. pitch. So I have been, I think I'm just going to trip over all my words because I'm so excited. Okay, I may give you more than a minute if you need it. Okay. Don't tell, so, don't tell the bosses. <laughs> self self <laughs> all right ready yes okay well the title of this book oh. is true this the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed and begin i know i may be one of the last people to read this book but it is 1000 percent worth the hype it is the story of evelyn hugo who was an incredibly famous actress, and obviously she was married seven times. This is the story of how Evelyn is choosing to reveal why she was married seven times and her true love story. She was a very famous actress. She was a lot of just like a spitfire, Um, and we get to know her in an incredibly intimate way. And it is just one of the most romantic stories that I've read. It's so heart-wrenching. And it's just really unique storytelling because we go back and forth between present day and the past. And um, each chapter is, or a section is one of her husband's. And it just shows that 
you know, women are amazing. <laughs> and I I just loved this book so much. There is a couple trigger warnings Stop. for... But you can continue with the trigger warnings. Okay, trigger warnings for miscarriage, um, homophobia, uh, domestic abuse, and um, substance abuse. Did you know that they're making this into a movie? Yes. It is so good. I had such great conversations with Sam, Stacks on Stacks, about it. Um, I don't know why I let myself not read it for so long. I read it in a day, and... Like, it, I, it, it was one of those books where I literally said out loud, one more chapter. One mm-hmm. more chapter. Those are the best one more, books. And it just, like, filled me up. It, like, reminded me why I love reading. And it, like, is very popular. Like, everyone kind of feels the same way about it. So I hope I'm not overhyping it in any way. But it is definitely, it's a book that's going to be really special to me for a really long time. I... I'm really excited to read it. Like, I know I say that a lot pretty much about every book, but this is one that I have absolutely been influenced to read because I know that it's been, it was a book that Sam has been telling me to read for a while. And again, it's like, why have I, I do this a lot. Like, I did this with Red, White, and Royal Blue. I hold them off because I'm like, I want, I know this is going to be special to me and I want to wait for the special time to read it. And I did that Mm -hmm. with Red, White, and Royal Blue. And I'm happy that I waited till a point where I could like sit down with it and be like engrossed in it. And I I feel like it's going to be the same with Evelyn Hugo. Mm, I hope so. I guess we should wrap it up. Yeah. (laughs) Let us know if you pick up any of these books. We always love hearing from you. And we will be back next week with a very special episode with a very special guest. Yeah. So uh, if you can guess, leave us a comment on today's Instagram <laughs> post at readitorlistitpod um, and who you think is going to be our special guest next week. And leave your thoughts on today's episode as well. You can also stop by our websites, www.readandwrite.com and www.shelflovebookblog.com for links to any of the books that we've pitched today. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.